Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It was a completely closed shop. And when I came here, I had to start all over again. And I had been assisting on productions like eight years before. And I had to go back into assisting people who had never directed anything. And I just had to do it. And I just sucked it up. And um, it was about five years, basically, of assisting people, working on different shows, going back to doing things that I'd done 10 years ago with a smile and um, just getting on with it because you just have to do that (laughs) and persevere. Hello and welcome to season three of the Wannabe podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. Thank you so much for tuning in last week to Mercedes Benson's episode. It was so good. I want to know what you took away from the episode, so let me know in the comments on Instagram at contentisqueenhq. A quick notice for any aspiring or current podcasters listening. If you're looking for a cozy and affordable professional studio space, head on over to contentisqueen.org to join the waitlist for our space. Right. Today's episode is a little bit different. Last year, I had the privilege of doing a live show at the Underbelly Festival on the South Bank. Today, I'm pleased to be sharing this episode with you. My guest is Miranda Cromwell. Miranda is a theatre director and she's probably most famously known for co-directing Death of a Salesman with Wendell Pierce, which started at the Young Vic before moving to the West End. Miranda has an enviable career starting out in teaching. She taught theatre and dance before progressing to directing shows as the Young Company Director at Bristol Old Vic. Miranda has been writing for the Bush Theatre, Tallowa Theatre and Company 3. In today's episode, we talk about what drives her ambition, how she injects her core values into her work, also working as part of a team and most importantly, starting from the beginning and paying your dues. Let's go. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today and why? Okay, so hello and um, disclaimer, this is slightly awkward. But when I was in pre I want to say preschool, but I'm not American. When I was in nursery or whatever that's called, um, the teacher asked us to talk about what we wanted to be when we grow up. And uh, I remember saying, I want to be Chinese. And I want to have long, straight, jet black hair. My best friend was Chinese at the time. And I thought this was a really viable, possible outcome for me when I grew up. And my teacher literally, I remember it so clearly because she said, you will never be Chinese. You will never have long, straight, jet black hair. You will always be the person that you are. And I was devastated. I mean, absolutely traumatized. I cried for so long and I got home and I said to my mom, it's not true. <laughs> you know, you told me I can be anything that I want to be. And my mom said, oh, 
Well, you know, technically, you can't actually be Chinese. You could dye your hair. You could, and I was so upset. It's not the same. It's not the same <laughs> thing. And that was really a distressing moment in my life. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so obviously, you're not Chinese. No. Um, <laughs> can you describe the moment you realized that can't be Chinese? Theatre director. Well, I think for me, I went through a number of frustrations in my life about the restrictions essentially placed upon us as human beings, that we cannot change uh, certain aspects about ourselves. And also I went through a number of career options like being a football commentator, not because I liked football, but because there were no female football commentators. So I decided that that was like a a thing that I would have to do. What happened? Well, it included like playing football, which I also didn't like, but no girls played football in my school, which I thought was ridiculous. And the boys were like, yeah, but no girls want to play football. I was like, I do. I did not, but (laughs) I just took one for the team, which often included just footballs to the face and not being picked ever and sort of like hanging around at the goal line. So it wasn't a great experience. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like your life is just full of disappointments. So oh yeah, far. but theatre. Okay, yeah, we're talking yeah, about that. So no, you're actually yeah, so a really please, successful yes, theatre director. Okay, yeah. So, so a few twists and turns later, I really enjoyed teaching. I really, I did always kind of enjoy being in charge. That is true. So I think I uh, ended up teaching theatre and dance because I did a theatre and choreography degree in a weird place called Dartington, but it was an amazing place. It's a bit like Hogwarts. And when I came out, I thought the only viable thing for me to do with this kind of Mickey Mouse degree, which I thought at the time I had, um, would be teaching because people actually pay you to do that. It's amazing. So I was like, great. So I started teaching. I loved teaching. And when I was um, teaching theatre to all these young people, they were like, we want to do a show. And I was like, that is a good idea. So I realized then that I sort of had to direct the show, which is what I did. And I roped in my best friend at the time. He was living in my house, had just flunked her fashion degree. And I said, well, they all need to wear something. And um, I don't have any money and you don't have a job. So (laughs) why don't you make all the costumes? And also, I suppose they should have some set like some props and things so she ended up actually becoming an amazing theatre designer as well not anymore she did about 10 years in that career and is now an inventor crazy but um that was (laughs) such weird stories but essentially it came really out of like because these young people wanted to make the show and then it was such an incredible moment when we actually put on the show and I sort of sat outside of it and uh, I realised it's just so powerful for multiple reasons, I think. One, because it was a whole thing that didn't exist before we started doing it. And then all their friends and family came and it was an incredibly empowering experience for them and for me. And they made this amazing, beautiful thing. And I spent 10 years in Bristol actually being the young company director at the Bristol Old Vic making all kinds of devised, scripted dance productions with young people from lots of different communities. Because as soon as I got to the Brislovic, I was like, wow, it's so white (laughs) and it's so rich. (laughs) And uh, Bristol's not like that. Bristol's really disparate, lots of different communities there. So I did lots of co-productions of lots of different communities to try and encourage people 
to want to come into the theatre with some success, sometimes not. What was driving you at the time, do you think? Um, well, I just think stories are so important. They're like an art form that has gone back forever. Like everybody tells stories, people tell stories to each other in the pub, around the fire, um, more elaborately and less elaborately. And I just think that that whole aspect of putting on somebody else's shoes and walking in somebody else's steps requires you to empathize it requires you to learn about something you don't know about and it also means that you keep digging you keep investigating trying to discover what is the psychological motivation that makes us do the things that we do and I think when we see the mistakes that we all make um, but when you watch them from the outside and you can kind of trace back where they came from I think it helps us to learn and understand how to make different choices or at least to understand the choices that we have made. Do you think you're good at your job? Uh, Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes I think I'm really bad at my job you know we just have good days and bad days. I think the act of being a theatre director is you're constantly putting yourself under criticism and going how could it be better? How could it be clearer? How could I get them to understand that better? So after every day, you sort of go home and you go, I didn't give that note very well, or that scene isn't quite working, or "Ah, how can I get more money? (laughs) Mostly I say that about the productions. Oh God, if only we have more money. How do you get through those days, those like more challenging days? I think you sort of have to be a bit obsessive. I mean, Marianne Elliott is the most obsessive person I've ever met in my life. She's amazing, though, and it's why she's brilliant, because everything can be unpicked, everything can be dissected. It can always be better. And I think while you're working on that, then you know that you're doing the best that you can. And at the end, you can go, I did really try. I really did do everything I could do at the time and sometimes it just doesn't work and sometimes you just fail or the idea just didn't happen in the way you wanted it to but I think you have to take the risk and know that sometimes you will fail and that doesn't mean that you didn't do your best. Speaking of I guess things that have been difficult or challenging because I think those are the things that grow us and make us better at the work it's always those really like gritty horrible dark moments with you where you are now do you feel like you've had a big break and was that born out of like sheer frustration and doubt and like kind of a negative place because for some people in the creative industries that's where that comes from I mean honestly for me I think probably my lowest point was like five years ago when I'd sort of done 10 years in Bristol I felt like I couldn't move any further in the career that I was there, even though I love the city and it's a beautiful place to live. My mum had cancer at the time, so I had to come back to London. But I professionally, I thought, oh, this will be great. And I'll be able to do what I did in Bristol in London. But it wasn't like that. It was a completely closed shop. And when I came here, I had to start all over again. And I had been assisting on productions like eight years before and had to go back into assisting people who had never directed anything. And I just had to do it. And I just sucked it up. And um, it was about five years, basically, of assisting people, working on different shows, going back to doing things that I'd done 10 years ago with a smile and um, just getting on with it because you just have to do that (laughs) and persevere. 
the best advice I could give anyone is just like if you love doing it and you keep doing it eventually you will get the opportunities not every day not every week not every year but eventually people will go oh fuck it come on then (laughs) (laughs) you've worked hard enough come on you can come in so yeah that's my take home (laughs) thanks for sharing that I want to say a huge thank you to Miranda for doing the live show. She was a fantastic guest and I loved how honest and direct she was about her journey to date. She's definitely someone you should be following. You can find her on Twitter at Miranda Cromwell. Just a reminder that I'll be opening a members-only recording studio for podcasters in South London. If you're interested, head to contentisqueen.org to join the waiting list. For updates on Wannabe, follow Content is Queen on Twitter at Content is QN and Instagram at Content is Queen HQ. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends via Insta Stories. We've pulled some amazing quotes from the episodes, which you can reshare via Instagram and Twitter. To get extended show notes listing any of the tools and resources we've talked about on this episode, visit wannabepodcast.com. Thank you to the team that helps pull this together at The Young Vic. And this podcast is proudly a Content is Queen production and it has been lovingly edited and put together by Ellie Clifford. Until next time, bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.